0: 30th. Warren and Ryan here with you. We have picks for the weekend ahead in college football and the NFL. So stay with us for that big weekend ahead. You can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the iHearts Radio uh, app under the podcast selection.
1: We'll be back on Monday to recap the weekend. Ryan, how's it going? It's going well. Ready for this weekend? Uh... Gonna be some nice weather, hopefully. And uh last time I said that, we all know what happened. But well, I think it's um, supposed to rain Saturday, like 90%. Yeah, but uh, I'll take that over the blistering heat and yeah. uh, some good some good football this weekend. Boy, I golfed on Tuesday afternoon.
0: It was so hot. Yeah. At like two two to three, and then like one thirty to like two thirty or three o'clock, then some clouds from the storms came in. But it was so hot out there, man. It was it was uh it was it was really, really they said the feels like was like a hundred outside. And I was like, Man, it it was so, so hot. That was the first time I played golf in a in non monsoon conditions in a long uh, in a while, eighteen holes at least. So it was good to get back uh good to get back out there. First time I played Merido in. Um I don't know, probably a month, month and a half. But uh yeah. Sunday though looks pretty good in the next week. Yeah. Your 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 call for fall is early, but I think you could call for fall weather right now.
1: It was, it's the old-fashioned – well, you know, to be fair, at some point, uh, you know, I, I did say it feels like it's creeping in. Yes. And uh, every, every fall, quote-unquote fall or end of summer in Texas, you always get that little hezy, that little, you know, stutter yeah. step of, hey, it's going to be fall. Just kidding. No, it's still going to be hot. So I fell for it again, even though I should be a Wiley vet at this point. I still bid on the Hezzy Hay. Okay, how long have you lived here for? When did you move here? I moved here in 2011.
0: Okay, 2011. Have you? I've moved here in 2007. Have you ever been to the State Fair? I feel like that's a yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've been uh, two or three times, maybe. Oh, really? Yeah, but it never, I mean, actually, Jamie, have we ever been to the State Fair together? no answer cuz it never fails every <laughs> year every year it's like oh hey we're going to the fair this year we're going to the fair this year going to the fair this year and then it's like we finally get a weekend we're like hey let's go to the fair this weekend and it was over the weekend before I'm like oh shit well maybe next year so uh, i have been to it like I said, maybe twice maybe we've gone once together and i went previously before uh, i had met jamie so okay. yeah twice i've never been to the fair
0: really um. Never been to the fair. Well, okay. Do you count being at the Winter Classic? I've been on the fairgrounds.
1: No, no, no. The Winter the, Classic, the Texas to, State but fair. I've
0: never been to the Texas State Fair. Yeah, never been to the Texas State Fair.
1: Because if we're just counting the fairgrounds, I've been there quite a few times for the Heart of Texas Bowl. I used to be there at the Cotton Bowl. Yeah. Um. So I'd gone to that a couple times. Uh. But no, if, counting September to October, while that big giant inflatable Texan is standing out front. I don't, he's not inflatable. Well, whatever he is. Mechanical. Steel, that's a
0: man of steel right there. Whatever.
1: they He got on fire. You remember that? I do.
0: That was an all time. That that's the fun. That's, I will say that's a, that is like an all time, uh, Dallas moment. I'll say it. Yeah. I won't say what the number one all time Dallas moment is. Cause we don't want to look back on that, but, uh, I will give Big Tech's Catching on Fire an all-time Dallas moment. What's the number one all-time? JFK. Oh, JFK. Yeah, JFK, yeah. As soon as I said that. As soon as I said that. Is is there not another moment that people – that is an all-time Dallas moment? That is the number – if a president gets assassinated or shot in your city, that that immediately vaults to the uh, top moment in your city no matter what. We could cure COVID, cancer, whatever – in the city limits of Dallas it will still not uh <laughs> it will still not be above uh JFK um all right let's get to the football We'll start off college good a lot of ranked okay here's my stance on this on this week there are a lot of ranked opponent games but the uh the SEC has them but it's like are it's the two best teams against teams that are like, are they really that good? Is are, cause To me, Arkansas is not the number eight team in the country. They have beat Texas, and they've steamrolled A&M. But A&M is a shell of itself that it was going to be supposed to be this year with this backup quarterback. And Texas, hot and cold. They don't, they're don't. they not playing uh, Thompson at quarterback. They didn't play them at quarterback. Um, and then Ole Miss, their offense is prolific. But, again, Saban's never lost to an assistant. And no one really... St- Thinks like Ole Miss is a true true contender. I think they're very good, at least on the offensive side of the ball. But it's like, are these uh, up and coming or different teams like going to be able to even compete with Georgia and Alabama? And then I think I think the game of the week is uh, Cincinnati at uh, Notre Dame. But then wow. Notre Dame they they could be on their third string
1: quarterback, so that takes a little bit of the luster out of that. Yeah, you definitely want to see Notre Dame at full strength playing Cincinnati, so that. The- because you know Notre Dame, it doesn't matter who's gonna be back there behind center, they are getting Cincinnati's a one shot. Everything they got, they are bringing the house. I mean, I don't, I won't be surprised if we see fake punts, trick plays, everything. Like you're unloading the clip on this game right here. If you're Cincinnati, um, you know you're. Uh, you, they opened as a, as a dog, but I think now they're the favorite by by about a point or point and a half. Cincinnati is. Um, so that does, like you said, lose its luster a little bit because Notre Dame's played well. I mean, say what you will against the teams they face I know Wisconsin was kind of an anomaly the the final score as we excuse me as we mentioned wasn't quite indicative of how the game went you know you look back at week one against Florida State you thought Florida State might be a little bit better than they actually were They squeak out a win against Toledo but then the last couple of weeks like I said against Wisconsin last week and Purdue that secondary has been really really good for Notre Dame so that's definitely one to uh, to kind of bookmark and keep your eye on for sure but I agree with the Arkansas take uh, you know, I, I agree. I don't think they're number eight in the country. And you see that big 18 number, you, you know, as far as the line here against Georgia. And if you're just looking at box scores of what Arkansas has done, you're like, oh, I'm taking, give me Arkansas on the 18 points all day long. So I think that's, that's, uh, you know, kind of a sucker's bet there, sucker's pick there. If you try to, try to tail Arkansas and, and keep, um you know, keep on the, the, this winning trail that they've been doing. I don't think they beat Georgia. I don't think it's, necessarily close but uh you know i so i I keep going back and forth on this arkansas after everything i just said i'm kind of going to contradict myself i think arkansas covers i do i do think they do i think they cover the 18 and a half because it's such a big number i think this number probably should have been closer to right around like six to ten maybe and then you get a ton of uh arkansas backers for sure and georgia would, would blow them out of the water there. Does that make sense?
0: You think at six or eight to po- 10 points, everybody would be on Arkansas. I do. I do. Oh, no, I think the books, if it was six or 10 people would
1: just be like, George is going to blow them out. Well, see. That's the thing. I think it's going to be about a 14 to 17 point game. I think Arkansas covers um, but I think if the book was a little bit smarter that they, they put that number right around, like I said, 10 or 12, cause you're definitely going to get a lot of action on Arkansas at 18. Like I said, cause it is, you see that number, it's kind of chalky and it's kind of a square bed of, Hey, let's, and like I said, I know I'm contradicting myself because I do think Arkansas covers, they're not on the cards, So that's why I have no problem saying it, but I do think it is a bit chalky. To ride with arkansas with that big number and i think the book probably could have made a little bit more money and been played this a little bit better maybe maybe six is a little low maybe 10 to 12 would have been a better number
0: but isn't it uh doesn't it make the books right that the line really has not moved since when it opened at 18 it hasn't moved at all yeah so they're getting they're still getting what they want their action on both sides and they've they've i bet i i bet most of the money is coming in on on arkansas because people see the um they see the eight next to the name and they're like how could it possibly be that a team that is the eighth team in the country is getting um is getting uh all this uh all the points. Yeah. Um but I mean it got down to it was down to nineteen and a half at one point and now it's it was uh eighteen and a half. The the bet per eight eighty three percent of the bets are on uh Arkansas in this game. I mean that's that pretty much tells you that the public is gonna be on is on Arkansas. So if you Well, I, and
1: I think, like I said, again, contradictory. I think because it's that big number, like you and like you said, you see that number eight next to Arkansas, and then you see eighteen points. That's what I'm saying. I think it could have been played better if that number was a little bit lower. And I think you get uh, you get a better better bang for your buck if you're the book, but hey. We wanna we want to kill the bookie we don't want the bookie to win so I guess if Arkansas covers you'll we'll, everyone will uh will be in a good spot.
0: Yeah well and it's it's the same thing kind of with uh, um, Alabama Ole Miss that, that line that line opened up at 17 and a half and then mm-hmm. everybody went to bet um everybody went to bet Ole Miss and now it's down to fourteen and a half but the whole I haven't heard a single person that is on uh Alabama.
1: No, I I agree a lot with what you said. Um, I just I don't see this this Ole Miss thing playing out. I don't see. Uh, I know what's his name, Matt Coral. Uh, I know he's the big the big guy on campus right now for Ole Miss. But I, again, I kind of the same thing I've been saying all season. I'm not going to lose money betting against Nick Saban. Or excuse me, betting on Nick Saban. I'm going to keep riding with Saban. He's playing a you know a, a, a former assistant coach. And so I just think Lane Kiffin does what Lane Kiffin does, and kind of shits the bed when it comes to a big game. And a big game that not necessarily he should win, but I think a lot of the public thinks that he has a great chance of winning. Uh, and so I, I think this, I think this gets ugly pretty quickly. And uh, Saban, I think he he tries to maybe showboat a little bit. You know, we talk about the old old school BCS and getting some style points. I think Nick Sabin's going to put up a few style points here for uh, for Alabama.
0: I mean, last year, the offense pretty much is intact, the same offense. They went toe-to-toe with Bama. They went score for score. It was 49-49, and then they gave up. They had a turnover late, and they lost 63-49 to or 63-40 or whatever it was, whatever they went. They, but they went score for score. I think the offense can put up points against Alabama and the The best offense so far that that uh, Alabama's played against was Florida. and yeah, Florida was down twenty one to three, but they fought back and were able to uh, fight back fight, um, come back and claw back against Alabama. I think Ole Miss has a way better offense than than Florida, a way better quarterback in Corral. Corral really good. He's a really good thrower. Um, and I think they'll be able to put up points. I just still am not sold. On the Ole Miss defense. I'm not touching the game, but I think the total's like 79. Like, I want to bet it just to bet it because it's an outrageous number, but I just, I can't, I can't take Ole Miss. And then I, uh, I feel like we could get a little Florida situation there with Alabama going on. Yeah. What other, uh, what other games on the docket do you like this week before we get into the cards?
1: Um, I wish uh, Michigan Wisconsin was a little bit of a bigger game. I'm gonna like that. uh, You know, I'm tipping my hand a little bit here. uh, The Texas TCU game for some local flavor. Uh, I'm really interested in uh, the UCLA game. UCLA and um, who are they playing? Arizona Uh, State. Yeah, Arizona State. Uh, Because I I'm trying to get a good play on UCLA. I don't know how good they are exactly. I know they lost. what was it? Last week they lost, and no, uh, they
0: won't. They beat Stanford. They just lost to Fresno.
1: Lost to Fresno, correct? Yeah, lost to Fresno State in a uh, in a barn burn of a game. So I want to know how good they really are, and I think Arizona State's pretty good too. Um, but uh, so you know, a little Pac twelve flavor, you know, Pac twelve rye over here, and uh, Auburn LSU. I really want to see if LSU can keep playing better the way they have been. Obviously, they had a great game against Mississippi State last week, uh, and uh, you know I think you'll be able to s- kind of figure out if either of these teams are real uh boats in at 3-1 auburn ranked 22 overall and uh that's that's another game that I'm I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on uh this weekend
0: that is one of the two games with the ranked the unranked team favored against the ranked team yeah we have this week lsu and then wisconsin um those are the two games that we have that are the unranked favored and then well you want to throw the other wild line is there is that uh Florida State is minus five and a half against uh, Syracuse at home.
1: Yeah, Florida State should not be favored ever again.
0: Yeah. So, but that is uh, that is what we got. All right, we'll get in the cards here. Why don't you uh, give the record update? You're on a, a hot streak right now, and 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 the card. Are we playing? Are you in the four corners offense? Are we still firing. What are we doing?
1: We're still firing. You know, maybe. Uh... Maybe kind of, we're not in prevent defense like cover four, maybe. You know, we're dropping the safeties back. We're dropping the corners back. We're not playing press coverage, but we're still, uh, you know, we're still trying to force turnovers and uh, stop guys short of the sticks. So uh, I only have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, only eight plays this week. Uh, Record of 30 and 12 overall after going. 10 and three last week, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10. Yeah. 10 and three last week. So I got tonight. I got Virginia plus five and a half against Miami tomorrow night. I got the Houston Tulsa over 54 and a half like Iowa minus three at Maryland. I've been saying all year. I think Iowa might be the best team in the big 10 Texas TCU over 65 and a half just on principle. We really blew it last week with the Texas, Texas tech game. Yeah. I
0: was thinking about that. Look at, (laughs) yeah, we did. I agree.
1: I mean, that's that's that. How
0: did, how did that, yeah
1: what was it like 58 or something yeah i think yeah it was 58 and texas scored 70 on their own yeah. i mean talk about a swing and a miss by us even the smu
0: tcu over you had smu
1: correct uh, even that over yeah
0: swing and a miss
1: nope absolutely absolutely uh i like the arkansas georgia over 48 i like oregon minus eight against stanford oregon does not feel like the third best team in the nation right now would you agree
0: they beat Ohio state, I guess. Who else is going to be number three?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's like, true, but you we, know, like, go ahead. I was just going to say, we've
0: talked about it for every week. It's Alabama. You think Alabama, everybody else. I say Alabama, Georgia, and everybody else. So you got to put a team in number three and who, yeah. who else, they've, you could say they have the most impressive win of the season. I I mean, who else are you going to put up there? I don't, I don't really know.
1: No, that's a good point. Fair point. Is Oklahoma stinks
0: or I shouldn't say stinks, but they've been very unimpressive. Mm-hmm um i don't even know who was ranked number four um oh iowa they've they've slugged it out but it's yeah there's almost there by default
1: yeah um so where'd i leave off so yeah oregon minus eight against stanford i like the baylor oklahoma state over 47 and then finishing up my guys let me down the fighting hugh freezes last week but we're gonna ride with them again liberty plus two and a half at uab
0: we're going against a new stadium unveil there. Yeah. That's a tough spot. Yeah. Um. All right. I have, I will say this. I have one over on the cart. Everything else is uh, lines. And then there's one under uh, in there. So we're going a lot of spreads. I also on the uh, over in the TCU, Texas game, 65 and a half first half under Michigan and Wisconsin 21. Uh. So Michigan is, is a great uh, or a good running team. Wisconsin's specialty is the run defense. And last week, Wisconsin still, they shut down the uh, Notre Dame running game. I think they only held them like 27 rushing yards. And Wisconsin in the second half offense was pretty poor against Rutgers. So we'll go first half under 21. Eastern Michigan plus two and a half against uh, Northern Illinois. They boat raced the Bobcats last week, not saying that that is anything special to hang your hat on. But they uh, they did do the, do that, and I don't think Northern Illinois is very good. I am surprised this game is not on the card, Ryan. I thought you'd have Kansas State plus ten and a half against Oklahoma.
1: You know, I thought about it. I definitely, definitely thought about it because uh, Kansas State is, or excuse me, OU's on the road, correct? Correct. Yeah. No, I, uh, I, I, again, little hezzy hay there. I thought about it. And Kleiman, uh, the Kansas State head coach, is two and zero
0: against Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, I will take Kansas State plus uh ten and a half. I will I got a bat, heavy back half of the card here. Usually I go early and then not a lot. Of heavy back half. I will take the bait and I'll take Syracuse plus five and a half against Florida State. I just think that's too many points to give to a team that's uh hasn't won a game yet and it's not look very good. I'm taking uh Mississippi State plus seven and the under forty seven and a half half uh, under forty seven or 46-and-a-half, whatever it is now. Uh, Penn State, I go back and forth. I liked it when it opened at 10-and-a-half. Now it's like 12-and-a-half. Uh, Indiana's not very good, and they should have won last year with that bad call. James Franklin notoriously runs it up on teams, so I will stick with Penn State minus 12-and-a-half. Uh, I'm going back to the well on Western Kentucky plus 11 at Michigan State I'm taking the unranked team at home that is favored against the ranked team that is LSU minus three and a half against Auburn and then we will round it out with the late night special of UCLA minus three against Arizona State I've I'm not impressed with Arizona State I'm not impressed with them I don't uh, so I will take UCLA that is another eleven game card. I think I've had eleven, at least eleven picks every uh, every week so far, and I am twenty seven and twenty. Last week I was at six and six, so that is the there. Were, I wanted I I was opposite of you. I wanted to take Maryland, and there was a, a Kent State was was on the card until some uh, tinkering at the end against Bowling Green. Seventeen is a lot of points. You know the one game. This is probably you probably didn't look at this, but the one I, Ohio was horrible for part of me. I want to bet Akron plus nine and a half. Just, I feel like they're going to get a win. I feel like this is going to be their first conference win in who knows how long, but uh, I just could not pull the
1: trigger on that. hate to see it. hate to see we it. We're, we're right around the corner for Maxion Tuesdays too. I cannot wait for that. Uh, um, Yeah, we're, we're a month away. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, it's creeping up on us. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and add LSU minus three and a half against Auburn to my card as well. For two simple, re- re- well, one simple reason, two simple words, Bo Nix. Yeah, well, he got benched last week. I don't know if you knew that. Re- yeah, no, I did and So yeah. I think if they have him starting out there again, he's going to try to do too much. He's going to be Superman Bo Nix and just be throwing it all over the yard and no idea where he's throwing it to. So we're going to go ahead and ride with uh, with LSU.
0: Yeah, I like that. Okay, so here, so we know we got Maxian coming up in a month. How do you feel about the Sun Belt uh, starting in two weeks, they have one game on a Tuesday night, and then they have, uh, that's October 12th, and then on the 20th, Wednesday the 20th, they have another game on a Wednesday. I feel like they're they are uh, they're trying to steal the bit. If you go in full-on midweek games in October, you got to do it. And the reason why the maxion works, because it's in November right after the World Series is done, So there's nothing on there in the middle of the week. They're not going against the, uh, MLB playoffs. I feel like there should be a C and D sent over to the sunbelt conference.
1: If it was anybody else, I would agree. But when you're the fun belt, I'll allow it. (laughs) yeah. There was the tech
0: Texas state. When I was there, played on Tuesday night against Louisiana, against Lafayette. Uh I think they got their door. They got their doors blown off. I think it was, uh, It was not. I wish the game would have not been on uh, ESPN. Yeah. Um, But the fun belt. Yes, they will do this here and there. Uh, On you. All right. To the NFL, we go. Again, a nice little slate. Obviously, the big one this week is the Bucks at the Patriots. Um, The return of Tom Brady. And it seems like uh, the people of New England are not. They're like, oh, this is a. why is everybody making a big deal out of this? I've done a big deal, blah, 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 blah. As I mean, I, I, last time I checked, the guy won six Super Bowls, got run out of town, and he's coming back, and he just is this defending Super Bowl champion. I think it's a pretty big deal that he's coming back to the Patriots. As You, you could say you still like him, that's fine, but it's still a big deal when your head coach ran him out of town.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, it's a huge deal. And now again, reports that Brady told Belichick back in 2017 that he didn't want to play for him anymore. So the fact that they're still able to uh, keep the band together for that long was, you know, is rather surprising. But, uh, no, it is a big deal. Dude, now, do I think it's getting blown out of proportion a little bit? Yeah. But, again, I know we need something to talk about for the week, you know, leading up to the games. So I, you know, I get it from that, from that whole standpoint. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a good game, but it's going to be, you know, it's going to have a little bit of luster to it. It being Sunday night, they're probably going to do some kind of tribute video. Um, And, uh, you know, so, so all the, all the stuff around it's probably going to make it, you know, worthwhile and something to kind of remember. But as far as what's going to go on between the lines, don't think it's going to be necessarily close. Don't think it's going to be, you know, a great game by any standards, but uh, again, kind of the theatrics around it will make it kind of fun.
0: There is a reason why this game is week four on Sunday night.
1: Right. Because they were hoping that it would still kind of mean something.
0: Well, if they put it in week 10 and the Patriots are three and seven.
1: Right. It
0: means absolutely nothing. Yeah. Yes. As you said, there's still we know what the Patriots are. They're a bad football team. They are just a bad football team. And. And they have no, weapons. I would
1: say they're a below average football team. I don't know if they're bad. They're below average for sure. Okay.
0: Below average. They're a below average football team. Bill Belichick refuses to get any weapons of any type of, uh, any type of explosive. And if you're paying Nelson Aguilar, $13 million a year, you go and sign out two big tight ends. Like we're going back to the nineties. He's trying to do this, whatever it doesn't work. This is why they're doing this. Like, The comparison was, you remember when the Browns were coming off their big season and then they hired Freddie Kitchens, they had like three primetime games within the first five weeks. Everyone's like, why are the Browns on so much in primetime early? Well, it's because they know that this is the chance they're going to get and they can prove themselves and and they're not going to have to worry about flexing them out later. This is why this game is week four. It's because, all right. We're three weeks in, we kind of know what each team is, and there's still a lot of interest. I will say I was looking at doing some reading on like ticket price and everything like that. When the game came out in April, the cheapest ticket to get in was like fourteen hundred dollars, and people were selling them for like four grand, five grand, like paying a ticket, paying off their season tickets for this year and next year. If you go look on StubHub, I took a look this morning. The cheapest ticket to get in is two hundred eighty-five dollars. If you're someone that spent over a thousand, couple, couple grand on those tickets, you got to be kicking yourself right now. You got to be kicking yourself right now that you did that when you could have waited it out, and and uh, people people could uh, use that extra money they got that bought their season tickets and go and go buy the game and still make a profit. Absolutely. That's what they should do, I would think, that. And and the whole Seth Wickersham is what you said, like Brady wanted out, this and that. I've been saying this for a while. I think we are really going to find out, or we're finding out right now that the Patriot way, it was not the Belichick way. The Patriot way is the Tom Brady way, and Belichick was just, he capitalized on it, and he's still a great coach to win those six Super Bowls, the three in both sections when he did it, but I think some of the I think the luster is going to be coming off of Belichick with Brady as Brady continues to be successful every year that he's in the league. And then Belichick looking like an average head coach, uh, below average GM personnel guy. I think the where the luster is going to be coming off Belichick. Now, you can't take those six Super Bowls away from him. I'm not saying that that was all that was great. But I think we're going to see the true winner is that it's going to be uh, Tommy
1: Terrific. I don't disagree totally there. Um, you know, I think the early Super Bowls, you can probably tip your hat and, and give it a little bit more to Belichick. But towards the end there and, you know, the, definitely the second run of uh, when they when they made their little their run. Uh, you can you can probably point to Tom a little bit more than you can Belichick because you see he leaves the Patriots take an absolute dump. And he takes a team in his first year to win the Super Bowl. Uh, so I, I agree. I think, you know, to say that Bill Belichick is an average head coach or whatever, you know, it's definitely more reminiscent of his time at Cleveland. And before that, you know, when he wasn't very, you know, highly regarded as a, as a big time guy is his short time with the Jets. I don't even think he actually coached a game with the Jets. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely crazy. I didn't see it playing out this bad. I mean, obviously, quarterback is the most important position, you know, maybe in all of sports. But in uh, the NFL, for sure, it's the it's, you know, it's, it's the most important position in football. And uh, to see the the Patriots, just, like I said, just absolutely crap the bed with with Tom leaving and him just continuing on like nothing happened or like nothing changed when he goes over to Tampa Bay is just it's pretty remarkable.
0: Well, and him being the guy that saying, Tom, leave like yeah. you, not you. I'm not going to make any concessions for you to stay here. Yeah. Like I am I am doing it my way and then you are gonna have to conform, still conform to these rules, which are ridiculous when you should have all this goodwill built up with the six Super Bowls taking those friendly deals. I'm just gonna say nope, I'm kicking you to the curb. Like that to me is shocking. Like I don't I don't understand how he's not getting more flack for letting Tom Brady go. I I really you have this guy that just wants to win all the time. And you're like, no, I'm going to keep doing it my way. You, that is, that is probably the dumbest move in NFL history. Like, yeah, I, I'm probably, that's probably, there's probably stupider moves. David Cully punting after he takes a penalty on fourth and two. But like you have Tom, you have the quarterback and you're like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm going to go try and find one. I'm so good. I think I'm so good at this when you found you took a quarterback in the sixth round and took a flyer on him, like you've never had to develop a quarterback before in your career. And you're going to err draft one high and, and uh, have the confidence. And you're just saying, yeah, I could do this. I can do this. It, it's, it's, it's crazy. It it really is remarkable and crazy. I, I am floored that people are not talking about that enough.
1: I don't know. Yeah. and No, no. I mean, and to a certain degree too, I mean, we've seen how even with Tom Brady there, how, Bill Belichick just absolutely fumbled the ball when it comes to trying to get wide receivers. And, you know, he's never been very good at drafting wide receivers or or scouting wide receivers. Their best wide receiver that they had while they were there in Tampa Bay was one of the all-time greats in Randy Moss. So, you know, it's uh you know, he he's he's all he's one of the all-time I don't I wouldn't say all-time, but he's never been regarded as a highly uh, skillful or masterful um of my personnel guy, like I said, he, he puts the pieces together. Obviously his defense first coaching mindset has really come in, uh, you know, come along. You think of guys like, I always think of like a Dalius Thomas that they got from Baltimore. He was supposed to be a game changer. This guy that absolutely just tore it apart and could play all these different positions and this and that, that never really worked out. You know, obviously Stefan Gilmore has been a revelation and been really good. Daryl Rivas was good, but again, he was a guy that was already established before he came over. So, Bill Belichick's never really been, like I said, that personnel guy that's going to develop talent and and take top talent and make it better. Again, yeah, you can say Gronk kind of came out of nowhere. Edelman, Wes Welker, all those guys. But if you remember, Wes Welker was doing pretty well with Miami before he came over, and they made the trade for for Welker um, to come play uh, in, uh, in New England. So he's found some diamonds in the rough for sure, but as far as taking top talent and developing it into being all time or, or, you know, some of the best in the league. I don't know how, how much you can really give that nod to, uh, to Bill Belichick there, but nonetheless, like I said, it's going to be an exciting game. going to be, uh, again, I don't know, exciting. I mean, let me temper expectations there a little bit, but it'll be, uh, it'll be entertaining. We'll put it that way. It'll be entertaining this Sunday night for sure.
0: For sure. And it's not going to be a hostile environment there or anything like that. They like No, and, and, and it it's,
1: shouldn't be, they yeah. should, they should absolutely. And, and you know what? It kind of sucks, but, like, it's kind of how it should be, whereas there's a ton of Patriots fans that are like, I'm still rooting for Tom. Like, you know, Tom's still, you know, my guy, yada, yada, yada. So they can kind of just adopt the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as their quote-unquote second team or whatever, um, and then they just get another Super Bowl. Now, you can't celebrate the same as your, you know, as the Patriots winning the Super Bowl, but you can still have a little bit of something to celebrate for Tom Brady winning it. I don't know that I love it. It's you know, I don't hate it, but I definitely don't love it. Oh, that's a fraud if you're celebrating
0: them winning a Super Bowl. Like, because then you're a Tom Brady fan. You're not a Patriots fan. Just to
1: you, what you can't be happy for him?
0: No, you'd be happy for him. But if you're like,
1: yeah, yeah, Tom Brady, I'm
0: wearing, I got my Bucks gear. I got all this and that. Yeah, you're a Tom fan. You're not a Patriots fan because you just want to. You got used to winning and you don't want to suffer and go through the doldrums of an NFL season like uh, all the rest of us do for those 20 years. You got, you got it. You got the greatest run that's going to happen in the NFL. And now you're spoiled and you're not going to deal with what's going on right now. Fair. And that's not being a fan. The fans going through it with your old team or whatever, not, Oh, "Oh, Tom Brady's there. I don't care about the Patriots. I don't really care about them. We're not contending for a Super Bowl. That's a bad fan. You're a bad fan. Just admit you're a bandwagon fan. And then we can move on. You're a fair weather fan. But all right, other oh, too much, too much Patriots talk, too much Patriots talk. But uh, all right, the Cowboys. They're good. I did. I was I not telling you this before the season? They're good. I knew they were good. I knew they were good. I knew Trayvon Diggs is
1: Trayvon Diggs looks all time
0: right now. <laughs> he does look very good. How does a guy like Trayvon Diggs, like uh, JOK, these like defensive guys that are like projected first round, like fall in the second round. Like what is especially like Trayvon Diggs. Like he's a corner, goes to Alabama, his brother's in the NFL. He's got the family pedigree there. Like, how do these guys fall in the second round? I don't like is it it's gotta be the NFL smart outsmarting themselves. I I don't get it. But he's very good. Micah Parsons, he looks great. He could put him wherever. And when Demarcus Lawrence comes back, you keep putting him at linebacker instead of having him rush the passer more like they are. As we said, they just needed the league average. They needed the defense to go from worst in franchise history to like 17th to 20th in the NFL, and they're like league average right now. And they're doing that, and they're winning games, and that offense is great.
1: 100%. Yeah, no, I I agree. The uh, the jock thing, I'll tell you, nobody is pissed off more that Washington didn't draft him than uh, Joey, my uncle. He is... Every weekend he's texting me like we drafted <laughs> the wrong guy. We drafted the wrong guy. He looks all in the preseason he was texting me. We drafted the wrong guy. We drafted the wrong guy. And I think he's only saying that because that's who he wanted Washington in a draft um you know, towards when, once we got to the draft. and then now that he's all time he's like, "Oh, see, I was right. I was right, which technically he is, but I think that just kind of adds fuel to the fire. but uh, in you know a lot of these cases, like with trevon diggs and and Jock falling back in the second round, a lot of times it's you know, is it a quarterback heavy draft? Are there, you know, a lot of offensive linemen that are going? And so they, those, those primary positions kind of start getting pushed back a little bit. Uh, but yeah, they, the, like I said, Trevon Diggs just absolutely turned his game around completely 180. We just talked about last year, how he just looked lost out there and he had some big play abilities, right? Like there was definitely still some times out there where he made some really big plays, some athletic plays like, man, this guy's got something. If he could just figure out how to play the game of football, He'd be fantastic, and it looks like he's done that. I don't know if it's the doing of Dan Quinn or uh the fellow with the English accent or who, but he has absolutely turned his game around completely. And he looks like he can be an all pro corner right now. Like you said, Micah Parsons playing on the line. You think Demarcus Lawrence goes down, and you're like, Shit, you know, who's gonna rush the passer? Well, lo and behold, who we thought was gonna be the best linebacker in the in the uh, draft this year turns out to be one of the best pass rushers that they've seen that they've had in Dallas in quite some time. And so you could almost put him, you know, just like you said, maybe have him uh, put back at linebacker and drop him in coverage or stack him and Lawrence on the same side. Then you can't double uh, Lawrence anymore. when know there's a pass rush coming. So the, the op- the, the, uh, the, the uh, options are endless for Dan Quinn and that defense. And I think we got to tip your backwards hat to Dan Quinn a little bit with what he's done with his defense so far.
0: He's been great. He looks like such a clown with that backwards hat. (laughs) He he
1: looks like no. He looks like the like stereotypical like little league or like football dad. Yeah, like standing out there, a big dip in his mouth, his goatee, his backwards hat. Like he is, he is quintessential. Not like quintessential Texas little league dad is is Dan Quinn. He gets in his white F one fifty after the game and drives Uh. off. Yep,
0: he's yeah, he's. Oh god. I here's the, here's the here's the the take I launched or what I what I was brewing up on uh on Monday night while uh, Mike McCarthy is just letting the clock run down at the end of the first half. If they don't win a playoff game, he's fired. I know it's very unJerry like to fire a coach after 2 years. He lets these guys play out, but if my, if they lose a playoff game, if they go one and done in the playoffs, he's getting the axe. I am convinced of it right now. And I've been a guy that during hard knocks was defending McCarthy. Like guys are buying in. They're fighting they their physical team. They play hard. You cannot continually mismanage the clock. And just I, I, it's going <laughs> to Jerry's defense of it was, well, everybody mismanages the clock. Well, you don't want to be everybody that mismanages the clock. Like, no, you want a coach that understands clock management. Um, I think that there'll be a colossal mistake in the playoffs, and it will just have to. And he'll be he'll be gone. I I think if they don't want a
1: playoff game, he's going to axe. You know, I don't know that I disagree with that. Um, I think is this what, is what it's going to be. McCarthy's second year, or third year, second year, second year. May I bet you, Jerry gives him at least one more. Uh, no, May, I agree.
0: I agree, but I. Th- the whole thing is, what are they gonna like? Kellen Moore is gonna get it.
1: You would think if this offense keeps going up, Kellen Moore is gonna get a head coaching job next year. Whoever yeah. hires Kellen Moore as a head coach, that's gonna be the biggest mistake that franchise ever makes. Why? I just he he's not a head coach. He is he is a coordinator. He is a coordinator through and through. He is not a head coach. I don't. We don't know if anyone's a head coach until they're until they get the opportunity. And if you know, anything, come on, huh? some you 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 gotta. I mean, you can look at a guy but like that's not a head coach.
0: I don't know. Kellen, Moore, look, this is an offense league. And if you get the offense humming, let the defense do itself and say, I'm going to be an offensive guy. make some relations. It's a relationship business too. That's pretty much what being a coach is right now. You, uh, you install your offense. You make some relationships on the defensive side. Let the defensive coordinator do what he does over there. And who says that they, uh, who says that that's not going to be a good, o- say he goes to, like Mike Zimmer gets fired. He goes to Minnesota. Say he can't. Kirk Cousins probably isn't his top choice as a quarterback, but he sees the weapons of Thielen, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, um, Conklin—that new tight end there. Like he could see, like man, I could make this offense really, really good.
1: Yeah, no, I just I I, I don't think Kelmore is a is a head coach. Talk to Cincinnati how they feel about hiring Zach Taylor. I don't think. They well, they're two and about...
0: one right now. It could be three and one after tonight, and he could be turning it around there.
1: You would hope, maybe, maybe they are, um, but. Again, uh, that that's beside the point. Um, the I think just kind of getting back to the main point is is this this team is absolutely humming as long as they stay healthy. I mean Zeke even looked better. I remember I, I mentioned on Monday. I want to see if they if he kind of gets back in the workload. I think he did just that. He had a pretty productive game, and um, kind of in the tug of there no no not not a big serious tug of war with that running back battle, but he's definitely gotten it coming back towards him and is definitely uh, you know I think giving a little bit more rope with the, uh, with the running back position and, and getting the bulk of the, uh, of the touches.
0: No. Yeah. He's, he looked like that was the best Zeke's looked in a couple of years out there.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: did you watch the Manning cast or did you watch the, uh, the, the main, uh, the I main was, fl-
1: I was flipping back and forth. Cause there's some times where there's some lulls in the Manning cast where you want to go back and watch the other one. There's some times where it's really awkward. Like, don't get me wrong like Eli is very good on this like they're both they both play off of each other really well but whenever there's an interview he he'll just like cut off like Nick Saban was talking he just like interrupted Nick Saban was talking about the game it was like oh they got cover 4 here watch the safety drop back to you know or the safety's going to be driving up blah, blah, blah. And, and Nick Saban just kind of just stops talking and just like you really just like cut me off to to say that like you know so there's there's some awkward moments but uh so I was flipping back and forth I did realize though without it being me that if you're going to be watching like your team, like when they're the when like if the Browns are playing on yes. Monday night, you're gonna watch the Monday night football broadcast. You're not gonna watch the Manning Cast. That's what just what I was gonna say. Yeah,
0: I was gonna say it's great if you're a neutral, you don't have a team in the fight, but if it's your team, you're gonna want to watch the uh, the main broadcast.
1: Yeah, hundred um, percent.
0: But the thing about this whole saving thing, you don't know what the. Pre- what the producer was saying of saying, Hey, Hey, say something about the game. Let's not get too off topic or let's not stray too far away from the game. When we're talking to saving here, like that could also been said, cause they were talking to LeBron and they'd say something and then like totally off topic. Okay. Watch for this. Watch for this. Yeah. So like, I think part of it too, is they don't want to stray too far from the game there. So that could be it. But the ratings came out again, got like 1.9 million uh, views. It was a little. Uh, it was. It got like thirteen percent of the Monday night audience last week. It got seventeen percent. So a little bit of a dip in that. But uh, then they're not going to be on until week uh, week seven. Yeah. But I just don't get if you're just watching it, why you wouldn't watch that because you could you will learn a lot from that. And oh, obviously th- And obviously, the guests they get are going to be the biggest. Uh, they get LeBron. Like Saban's not taking time out if it's a mega cast or whatever it's Peyton and Eli. Yeah. Right. Uh, Eli is very funny. He's a sneaky, dry, funny guy. Oh, a hundred percent. He is like the, like the double bird on TV. And uh, he had something about saving about Ole Miss or whatever, something like that. I, he's a funny, he's a funny guy. And then he's got the all time flex of uh, having the game up on his golf uh, simulator at his house.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously, the double birds thing was was funny. <laughs> you know, it's funny because he put up two fists and was like, "I don't know if I'm allowed to do it." And then he, <laughs> he and then he came it. back and doubled down and he's like, "I got the two birds." He's like, "You guys can probably blur this out." And he's just yeah. waving his middle fingers in the air, which I thought was very funny. And then he was even kind of like, uh, uh, "Well, on the apology, he was like, yeah, I did it.' You know, my bad. Sorry yeah. about that. You know, it wasn't even like a like a not not that it needed to be super heartfelt, but it was just kind of funny how he went about it. He's like, uh, "Apparently, you're not allowed to do that. That's my bad." Um, carry on. Sorry if you got offended by that, Mostly. but if you're watching the man, if you're watching the Manning cast, you're probably not getting, you're not going to be one of the super, the people that get super offended really easy. Oh, for
0: sure. For sure. For sure. All right. Picks to the picks two and three last week. I'm nine and six on the season. How did shout out to the Cowboys for getting me that uh, late win? How did uh,
1: you're treading water in the NFL, right? <laughs> we're, we're low water. We are below water. We're gasping for air. We're six and nine right now. Nice, nice, but not yeah. Uh, two and three last week. All right, you're winning on Saturdays, losing on Sunday.
0: Yep. All right, I'll start off. I'm a adi- I'm addicted to betting the Jaguars. I'm taking them tonight plus seven and a half. Jesse Bates is out for the bank. <laughs> is out for the Bengals. He's their safety. They're without a couple other guys uh, in the secondary, and I just think seven and a half is too much for the Bengals to be given on a short week.
1: Um, and I think, to Urban Meyer's point, the Bengals are probably the furthest thing from playing Alabama every week that he's going to get this year.
0: Yes, they are. They are. And I, I, I do wonder, Burrow on a short week with that knee, still. There could be some questions there. I'm not – that's like – but I still think there's some uh, re- recovery time on that. Um, could be something there. I. That's the only dog I like this week, which is a scary – a scary sight. I like the Bucks on Sunday night, minus six and a half. I like the Packers, minus six and a half against the Steelers. Uh, I'm going to keep fading the Colts. I'm going to take Miami, minus two and a half. And uh, Dallas, minus four and a half. I, this this week for Dallas against Carolina. Carolina's got a great defense. Offense is looking pretty solid. I That number seems too low for me or whatever. I like the Cowboys, minus four and a half. I, I really do. I'm going to take them again. Those are my five picks.
1: Not bad. Okay. All right. I am I am rolling with the dogs this week, uh, except for one, and it's probably going to come back and bite me in the ass. We're going with uh, Detroit plus three against the Bears. We're going to go with uh you know the uh. The pass rush against Detroit, or excuse me, the pass rush against the Bears, I think, is going to be the big key here. Um, I think Detroit is gonna at least put up a few points. I will not be surprised if it's an out- outright winner. I like Seattle plus three and a half against the Niners. I don't think Seattle's any good, but I think this is gonna be your stereotypical Seattle game where they're up big. Uh 49ers come back and tie it up. You know, last two minutes, we're ha- we're having a drive. So I think Seattle covers a three and a half. I like this line stinks. Baltimore plus one against Denver. There's no reason why Baltimore should be the dog against Denver. And I think this is going to be a square pick because of this. But I am going to take Baltimore and the one point against Teddy Two Gloves, Spready Bridgewater. And uh, even though they're on the road, I think Baltimore wins this outright. I like Indianapolis plus two and a half against Miami. I think this is going to be very similar to the game we saw last week uh, with Miami and Las Vegas. I'm just hoping Jonathan Taylor is a little bit better than he was last week. I don't, I don't trust Carson Wentz. I really don't know why this game is on my card. My, my thought process behind all this: just take the underdogs that you hate the least, and that's what this, that's how this one ended up on on my card. And the last one, we're gonna ride one more time, maybe for the last time this season. We're gonna take the football team minus one against the Falcons.
0: Well, that's just a lie. You're not, you're not gonna quit betting them. I so am. Just, this is,
1: this is it. This no, is it's it. not. If
0: this, if this is a loser, we're done. I, I'm not buying it because then they'll be like getting they'll be getting five against the Saints and you'll just be like, I don't get how they're only getting this many points. I'm going to take them or whoever they I don't even know if they play the Saints this year. They'll I get they'll be at the Broncos and they'll be getting like six and you will be like too many points. I got to take them. Oh, they do play the Saints next week. Yeah. Look at that. Didn't even know that
1: um now i'm not buying it all right well like i said if this is a loser if it's a winner i reserve the right to bet him again but if it's a loser we're done that's fine that's fine i'm just saying if it's a loser i'm
0: not i'm calling out i'm calling garbage that you're done betting them um uh all right we've got the baseball coming down to the stretch the
1: uh wild card race in the al is a is a tight one your thoughts It is a tight one. Uh, Let one squeak away yesterday. You could say that. We were down almost the whole game the Yankees were. Came back and tied it. Clay Holmes on his third straight day of work coming out of the bullpen. He's been absolutely lights out. Gives up a bomb to Bo Bichette because Aaron Boone doesn't know how to manage a bullpen. It's like, well, these are my best pitchers. I'm just going to throw them every single day. And then his shocks when their fourth or fifth appearance, they get hit around a little bit. So, Uh, And then he has Tyler Wade hitting in the top of the ninth instead of going to the – with the guy on second, instead of going to the bench and trying to bring in a pinch hitter that maybe gives us a better chance to hit the ball. But uh, nonetheless, we're still leading that wild card position right now. Still got the number one spot. Even though, like I said, they lost yesterday and Boston beats the Orioles. It's coming down to the wire. It's going to be fun. My Mariners are making a charge.
0: They are making a charge. Minus – it is crazy. You look at the run differential. What is it, like 60. They're minus 48. 48. That's, that's hilarious. You look at the run differential. They're minus 48. They have a half-game lead on the Blue Jays, and their run differential is plus 168. Yep. Like, what, a, what a, all those games the Blue Jays rolled out Brad Hand seem to be biting them in the butt right now. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, no, but uh, who did the Yankees? They finished up with the Rays, right? Yep. That's tough, but the Rays, I don't think the Rays are going to rest guys. I don't know. I don't know. That's a tough finish there. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, that is coming down to the uh, stretch, and the NL is pretty much all wrapped up. And then uh, wildcard games next, uh, get underway next Tuesday. So uh, we are into the nitty gritty, the end of the end run of the baseball season. They are going to be, we're going to have four teams lose 100 games this year. Yeah, that is and the amount of 90 game losers are, it's astonishing. Really, there's not that many good baseball teams out there. (laughs)
1: I'm going to say
0: there, there's like maybe five in each league, Uh, maybe seven in each league. Like it is. I just keep thinking about if the playoffs were like they were last year. So it was the top two in each division got um into the playoffs, and then they took the next two best teams for the wild card. So the nL, it's all pretty set. then the then the um the two next best records would be the Reds, who were eighty two and seventy seven. and then the Mets, or no, then the Padres would be in the playoffs at seventy eight and eighty. Boy, they've really gone in the tank. They've just given up.. Um, would be there. And then in the AL things are a little bit better. Cause you get the rays and Yankees would be in, or the red Sox. And, uh, but the, the central, the Indians would get in at 77 and 81. If they were able to hold off the Tigers for a playoff spot and then the Mariners would be in. So last year's playoffs, I mean, it would take out the allure of these races. It maybe say, Hey, the second wild card spot, but, uh, There'd be some bad teams in the playoffs. Yeah. But, uh, all right. That will uh, do it for us. Thanks, to everybody, for listening. And we will talk to you guys on.